Radio 1 Berlin. Welcome to Radio 1 Berlin. My name's Adrian Shepard and uh, today we're going to be interviewing the American uh, sound artist Michael Northam, currently convalescing in Kerala in a bamboo hut in southern India. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello, Michael. Hello. Greetings. I I hear it's mosquito time there. It's uh, evening twilight. And um, yes, it's the only time when the mosquitoes come out. But it's okay. So you're about four and a half hours ahead of Berlin. So here in Berlin, it's 20 past two. So how late is it there then? It's uh, 6.30, 6, 7 o'clock, sorry, 7 o'clock. Can you briefly describe where you are? Um, I'm in kind of a island in the backwaters in Kerala called Marana, Maranvatu Turutu. Turutu is a word in Malayalam. Malayalam is the language that they speak in Kerala. Ah. And Turutu means island. Maravan. So it's actually just a couple rivers and a canal, and it's not an island in the middle of like a large body of water. Right. But it's a land that's between rivers, and um, I just so happened I had the surgery about a month ago in Ernakulam, which is nearby Kuchi, which is a historical port town. This is like the part of the spice route that would have been since a long time ago a Mm. place where people would stop from all over the world i heard when europeans were going to china they would stop here right uh, to avoid going through the violent territories where the huns were killing each other in central asia they would take a boat and come all the way around this way wow even it's said that christianity was here in kerala before in europe in the year four or something like that, one of the apostles <laughs> wow. came here. There also is, it's basically if you're in Arabia and you put a boat with a sail, mm. at a certain time of the year, you just run into Kerala. And then another part of the year, you put a sail in Kerala and you run into Arabia. So, and all the black pepper and cardamom and spices that the European royalty, oh, and, and the, before that, the Romans, mm. uh, and before that, the Greeks, and also the Arabia wanted spices. This is where they would get the spices. So, Like a jungle where you are, is that right? Or you're on the edge of... Uh... Yeah, it's pretty jungly. I saw... A f- I've seen snakes in the water here. Oh. And there's mossy, stagnant, riverways that are inside of the island that are quite mysteriously dark jungly environments and this bamboo hut is a actually was made by apparently some swiss people and some eccentric kerala doctor Uh built it so it's kind of looks like like anomalous here but it's right along one river right i can see some in a canoe right now in that kind of twilight going down Mm river and uh, yeah there's coconut trees and uh beetle nut you know the thing that people chew is in here and there's lots of nutmeg actually there are orchards Uh here of nutmeg and i see a papaya and 
there's probably all sorts of other plants that I don't recognize entirely. What kind of insects are around you then? You've got, you have ants? Uh, there's plenty of ants. Uh, the lock of the door, when I put the key in the door, usually ants are pouring out. <laughs> uh, when I moved in here, one of the beds, I lifted up the mattress and there was an ant colony underneath the mattress. Oh, Lord. So they are actually everywhere. Um, but I'm surprised that there's not really other insects i haven't seen it's not as jungly wild as maybe central america or other jungles mm. i think it's probably because of the population and india is very vast so there's been cultivation and people here and probably chemicals or i don't know what so it might not be as wild and <laughs> certainly wilder than berlin that's for sure <laughs> Couldn't be. Yeah, yeah. It's far. and for me in India, it's one of the best places I've ever stayed at. Hmm. Um, one of the qualities is that it's I worked it like these neighbors are cooking food for me, so they deliver food because I don't have any cooking area here. Okay. So then I think I pay approximately if I converted to euros, like six euros a day for three meals and accommodation. Sounds with, good. Like it's pretty private. There's a big yard. Hmm. It's one of the better situations I've ever been in. If anybody's interested, the, the landlord, Prashant, the eccentric doctor, wanted to ad advertise the bamboo nest right. in Kerala. So yes. <laughs> they you can email me <laughs> in coming to stay in the hut in Kerala in the backwaters. I will promote this place. Very Although it good. is very rustic. There mm. are holes in the floor. Mm -hmm. I can see holes through the floor. There's no screens or mosquito nets but pretty much it's not that bad it's just this time right now mm. there's some kind of animals living in the roof okay probably a company squirrels or possums okay i saw some rat looking tail coming out of the thatched roof one night no giant spiders then yes there there is a particular <laughs> type of giant spider that's about as big as a person's hand oh great that uh but they're all over India. They're huntsman spiders. They're up in the Himalayas. They're very fragile and fast moving. And if you just, at first I was scared of them, but they're pretty harmless. Mm. Although that being said, I think you can look up a huntsman spider on YouTube and you see one eating a giant centipede. Wow. So that's a ferocious looking thing. But they're actually really ferocious, but they're really, you know, you just shush them away and they uh. run. They help out. They eat things that. Oh, I guess. Especially when it's mosquito bad. time as well. I guess. <laughs> and then there's some uh, there's some slugs that occupy my bathroom. <laughs> one came all the way out to where I was sleeping one morning, but but it's been a perfect place for healing. Yeah. I guess we could go backwards in time. Let's do that. Story. So, like, I decided to have a hernia operation because prior to. January 20th, my intestines were poking out of my belly button <laughs> increasingly more and more. Thank you for which that. Which was quite Image. annoying. Mm. <laughs> well, it's actually not that uncommon. It could happen to anyone. So mm. be aware of some kind of squishy noise comes out of your belly button. <laughs> you have the beginning of a hernia. But there's worse places that the hernia could be. Yes, indeed. Lower, lower down. So you're recovering from the operation, which you from, had. Yeah, I had five piercings. Oh. I have like a really weird dimples now on my belly ah. from five piercings that entered in and 
put a mesh underneath my stomach wall. And it was, I, I heard a, a nurse friend of mine from the U.S. said that I paid one thirtieth of the price that one would have to pay in the United States. <laughs> oh, no. Crazy. And it was quite an interesting, it was kind of a Catholic hospital and they would pray. They prayed right before the surgery. Okay. And uh, the, the nuns would come in and check on me. And so I had to find my own apartment and mm. I found this bamboo hut by myself. So that was how how did you find it? I mean, how would you look up something like that then? I guess you're connected well, to the had, internet, and uh, or which yeah, is... you just look through. And I I generally have a you know a thing where I would never use Airbnb because I think Airbnb is like the bane of uh, the modern world, especially if you're moving around and trying to meet people, especially in the states, mm. in the West Coast. Trying to find a place to live mm. is usually impossible because they would rather rent Airbnb than to an old friend. <laughs> so I've avoided that, but then I have uh, found in India that there's an interesting technique <laughs> where you just uh, use the Airbnb to spot or locate interesting places. And then there's a way of using like, um, what do you call it? Emojis oh. to share contact information without Airbnb intercepting it. Oh. And then you just wheel and deal after just with direct communication. Right. And uh, I came across this Airbnb bamboo hut, and the fellow was really interested to have some guy, some creative or somebody that would be willing also to. I mean, this is, it was abandoned. Basically, he just comes out here to have some drinks with some buddies every once every three months. And he, it was not set up for anyone to occupy. Uh. So I've had to like deal with it. But I think I have some training in dealing with wilderness situations, and uh, the location is really amazing. I mean, just being on this side of the river, and, right? You know, it's it's actually a, something I've been wanting to do. I've always been attracted to Kerala. Uh, normally, people see the backwaters of Kerala on tourist boats or maybe government. They they have government boats, which are essentially like ferry buses, but. Uh, to be able to just lounge around and live mm. on a one of these jungle riversides is pretty nice. And having an excuse, <laughs> you know, to recover from the surgery, mm. it's been a really nice time.
anyway, I'm going to be headed next week north and returning back up to the Himalayas. And I'm still in, I'm not sure like where I'm supposed to be going. I was in India for two and a half years from 2018 till the lockdown COVID period. Right. And um, but then I was kind of forced to return to the States, which is a very I don't know. I have a love hate relationship with that because I love the vast landscapes and I managed to be able to get a vehicle and spend time camping out in the wilderness because I don't have any place to live in the U.S. pretty much. So I'm pretty much homeless when Mm. I'm back there. Mm. And um, but surprisingly, I got an opportunity to uh, be a caretaker at a, a temple like a Tibetan Buddhist temple right in Colorado. And through that strange happenstance i was invited to a a hidden himalayan kingdom (laughs) to teach sound design and sound art uh it's a place above india east of nepal (laughs) and um cryptic location uh, (laughs) well they like to keep it cryptic it's a place that never was even allowed to have visitors until Mm. the 1970s uh, not even that, and then now it's like really expensive to go there. But anyhow, so you were invited. You were invited to do workshops, sound workshops in this. It was it was a vocational college oh. of a paramilitary civil service group, and um, <laughs> they they operate under kind of a monarchy, and uh, they had me, um, yeah, teach these kind of uh, guys and girls in fluorescent orange outfits they're normally learning all sorts of vocational things or cooking or but there's even classes on crocheting and right. language and things like that and i came over under the auspices on that on the tail end of a filmmaking class and then i was like the sound engineer sound but i called it i i was just really honest with them and i said oh, i'm gonna do creative sonic arts mm as an introduction to sound engineering. And so I, I made up a course and they accepted it and hired me and brought me over. And so I was doing that for four months. And, um, but yeah, that experience over there was fascinating because most of the students had never even grown up with speakers, hardly ever used a computer. Right. And I'm trying to introduce them to, um, sound art. So for them, that was a very, you know, you can imagine, for me, I, I realized that sound art, so-called sound art, is very much a, a first-world thing, mm. you know, where people have the luxury to have technology or speakers and work with media and mediated mm. experiences. At that place over there, people weren't growing up with media other than, like, kind of through a bad television or... But this, you know, within the last 10 years... Even that corner of the world, everyone has smartphones. Mm. So it's going from no media yeah. to smartphones. Yeah. So, and you know, of course, the young people are kind of like wanting to do rap music or pop music, and mm. they would respond, you know, very intensely about their local music. But I tried to play for them <laughs> every kind of genre. Every morning we had a one-hour listening session. And I got very good speakers, and I got them to really tr- maybe appreciate quality media. But I did feel like it was a little perverse in a way. I think sometimes media arts, which we're involved with, your radio show is about, and 
generally mm. most of the people I know are engaged in as collectors, creators, or mm. whatnot. But it's a very, it's kind of a perverse thing that we're kind of simulating or creating some kind of reality through vibrating mechanisms that simulate like reality by <laughs> you know and then or or electronically making these kind of very you know whatever challenging sounds i realize that when you're in a rural situation where people have grown up on farms and they know how to sing these ancient songs and mm. somehow they're immediately interested in rap rap them is much more avant-garde somehow to them or ah, somehow more radical right but when i played like you know i had a one morning where i played japanese noise music for them and they were just like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> what is this you know and then i then i would play you know i would show them really authentic rap if they're into rap but they had never even heard authentic rap and then i would play then dub music like lee scratch perry and then i played world re field recordings and world music from like all sorts of different cultures, mm. including their own culture. I played their own traditional, their culture is very influenced by Tibetan culture. And so I played that kind of music and they didn't even, even know too much about their own traditional music. Mm. And so one of my ideas was to teach them about, you know, doing ethnographical recordings and recording their own culture. I found out from the uh, administration that they don't even have their own archives. They don't have media archives okay. in that country. They don't. They, and, and, and even there was one fellow who died, like who was a master musician. And I asked people if, oh, they had recordings of this fellow. And they were like, why do you want recordings of him? There's other musicians that are living. <laughs> okay. Like, why would you want to listen to somebody who's dead when oh. you could just listen to some living, you know? <laughs> Interesting. So the idea of recorded media or archives mm. as a cultural kind of thing is a little abstract in their place. And so the long and short of it all is my class didn't really go over that well mm. <laughs> as far as the intended purpose, because the, in the intended purpose was to help, you know, economically yeah. build up the country and, and, people weren't really sure how to apply what I was teaching them. The, the most 
excitement came from like Foley and sound design for film. Oh. So we would we would do like clips from movies and take out all the sound and then have them create everything. So these people who grew up in villages who had never used computers and never had recorded anything, by the end of three months were doing complete sound design for film clips. Oh, wow. And uh, I wish... I wish I would have been able to get them involved with uh, short films that the other class made. But there was, you know, there's all this kind of in a in a culture like that. There's a lot of like delicate um, interior politics and whatnot. So whatever. But um, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. 
What I wanted to talk about was as um, a thank you that you made to uh, some of the people that helped you get through your surgery, you released or you, you sent out uh, two albums. Um, one was the traditional music from the uh, this amazing place that you were teaching the workshops at, um, that shall remain unnamed, and uh, to protect them, <laughs> and your own um, album, which is called It Is Just a Name. There's some interesting information in that as well, in itself. The title of the album, It Is Just a Name. Can you briefly talk about that? Oh, it's kind of interesting because one of the first cassette tapes that I made in 1991, 91, 92, maybe, I don't know. Oh. Uh, that cassette tape was called Another Object. And I've always had this kind of fascination with the generic but i never actually knew why <laughs> and it just so happened that in this last two months being in kerala i was staying in this historical neighborhood tripunatura and um i really love the malayalam tech uh script which is like a super fascinating script um here in southern india it's hard to explain you might have to i don't know <laughs> it's radio so what can you say it's curvy oh. and that curviness of the uh, script i heard i found out was because they they wrote on palm leaves oh. <laughs> you know and they wrote really small on palm leaves mm. and if you do right angles on palm leaves you you crease the leaf leaf you you break the cell wall of mm. the leaf and and so these scripts became curvy because they could you could write on palm leaves in a really small way that lasts actually for centuries. Mm -hmm. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, I was walking with a fellow down the road and the houses generally have name plates, which is not uncommon. You can see that in Malta. You can see that in, I think, sometimes in Italy or like a Mediterranean area. But anyway, there's a perfect circle, sphere, uh, circle, silvery circle with a beautiful word that has one of my favorite letters, which kind of looks like a big tree. It has like a, it goes and loops and then has a middle stalk and then loops again and then comes down again and with a dot above it. Mm. It's like a pretty big letter. And with lots of loops, which apparently is the sound three. Right. Yeah. And so then I didn't know what that house name was because I, I've looked, I've studied a little bit now. So now I think I could look at my like little chart, you know, and sound it out. But I just was lazy and I posted it on Facebook and I said, Hey, is there any Malayalam friends that can tell me what the meaning, you know, mm. of this word is? And some fellow, which I'm not even sure who it is, he just wrote, oh, it's just a name. Mm. <laughs> and I just thought, well, that's a funny thing. 
because any word, any noun, anything is just a name, mm. you know, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just thought it was uh, like somebody being kind of cynical and, you know, oh, that's not special. It's just a name. But then what I found out from the fellow who I was staying, he uh, he explained to me that it's the word kritika, oh. which is actually the Pleiades. It's a star system. Oh of the seven stars, the seven sisters. So it's, and they use it in the Vedic, you know, here in Kerala, there's a lot of Vedic, ancient kind of Hindu, you know, with this, I forget the name, but astrology and uh, whatnot. And mm. so they had named the house, you know, the Plea. essentially it's the Pleiades. Uh. Um, and so I, um, I thought, well, like, that's just the name, you know, like, okay. Like, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a name. It's mm. just the Pleiades. Well, you know, it's just like could be anything. Like Adrian is just Adrian. It's just a name. It's mm. like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, then it like triggered a whole bunch of stuff. And I thought, well, you know, in Buddhism, you have this Nama Rupa, which is uh, ancient. Nama Rupa means uh, like everything is Nama Rupa, which is just means name and form. And it's just this, it's kind of a argument to explain how everything is so vastly interconnected that there's nothing it's like empty of self importance because mm. it's all interconnected and uh and so something just being a name just it just shows how everything that name is as empty as any other name you know <laughs> then like what you know whatever india is just a name mm. kerala is just a name mm. all these things are just names they're not in by themselves important. They're only maybe important in relationship to everything else. Anyway, that's just kind of a, in a nutshell, and it just started, it kind of, as I was making this piece, I was putting together all these field recordings, and it so happened that I created seven pieces. Yep. So it's like seven things. Hey, pause. Yes, yes. Food delivery. <laughs> oh, oh, a delivery has just arrived. <laughs> Amazing. What service? In the jungle Hello. in uh, Western <laughs> India. Hello. Hello from Berlin to you. It's <laughs> my friend. He's talking in Europe. You want to say hello? Uh, hello? Hello. Hi, fine. <laughs> Greetings. Kanish. 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 His name's Kanish. 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 Greetings, Kanish. He says hello from Berlin. <laughs> he was brought me so Thank you, Kanish. Fantastic. So. Okay. See you then. Good night. Kanish. Is, and his wife make nice homemade food. Even I have a, I got up early one morning and he gave me a cooking class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned to make karal, karal curry, which is a chickpea, kind of a South Indian chickpea curry. Mm. Using the fresh nutmeg and mace oh, from the trees great. here and coconut. F oh, fantastic. Coconut. Everything's with coconut here. You know, they have the dosas and yeah. the, um, the basically dosa and putu. That's a really great one. Mm. It's fermented rice with coconut that's steamed into these like kind of little patties. Lovely. Better. So maybe while you're so, um, feasting, we can play one of your tracks from, uh, I was going to say the album with no name, but actually <laughs> that's not the name. <laughs> it's just a name <laughs> it is just a name from uh, michael northam and uh there's seven tracks here so um i think probably we can go from number one fleeting memory fleeting memory number one in, in fact is there anything you want to say about this particular track 
it gives a hint of where I was before. Okay. And, uh, the and place with no name. Of- we shall, shall not be named. <laughs> the place that must not be named. That's very Harry Potter. And I, um, mm. I was visiting a ceremony and I recorded kind of incidental during the main part of the ceremony that different ladies would get up and sing songs and people were eating. And, uh, but I recompiled part of this work is like, what I like to do is recreate spaces. I use field recordings, but then I use field recordings from different locations Mm. so that then you get the sense of like a whole kind of surrealistic place. Okay. So, um, going to be playing fleeting memory. Number one, uh, from the album, it is just a name by Michael Northam. And uh, here we go. Oh, 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 oh,
You're listening to Radio One Berlin, and uh, today we have a very special guest, Michael Northam, who's uh, currently residing uh, on the southern tip of India, uh, west coast. Michael, you're having your dinner now, which was delivered to you in your bamboo hut. How is it? I know. I'm just laying here in the listening to the evening sounds oh i'll have it afterwards ah you know <laughs> i don't think i could navigate the uh, communication and the, the south indian food at the same time yes <laughs> <laughs> and that track we just listened to was uh, of course uh, from your album it is just a name uh entitled fleeting memory number one yeah this this whole thing was just totally like during my recovery I wanted to make an offering for people who reached out and helped me during that time. Mm. So I, I kind of haven't adapted very well to the digital age. I, I miss having record labels communicating to me, asking to release some new CD. I'm from that kind of generation. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I, that, would, that would always like inspire me to do stuff. Even nowadays, it's just like, files being shuffled around mm. through the internet and mm-hmm. you know you never know how people are listening to things yes indeed and i looked you up on the uh on the net of course and i found you on imdb um but i i thought imdb was connected with film right before the whole covid situation i worked with anurban data from kolkata and he he has this kind of i don't know what you want to call it but his films are production house or the things that he's been doing is under the name amnesiac films oh. and he does a lot of really curious how to say like intuitively constructed documentaries about like for example the history of kolkata or the like origin of the internet there's like this really interesting parallel story of the internet being designed in india and then ibm bought oh a lot of that right information mm. and so he has a film called info motion which is about the origins of the internet in indian kind of science community and and he claims that herzog even kind <laughs> of ripped him off with his film which was what was herzog's film it was called lo and behold oh i don't remember uh, that one i was a massive fan of Werner herzog as well and i don't know this one Lo and behold is Herzog's take on the origin of the internet. <laughs> he claims that Herzog might have <laughs> been <laughs> appropriated. Uh, you know, anyway, um, he made a film that I did the complete sound design for called Shamans of the Streets, oh. which is a kind of a an overview and history of like street performance art in India. Oh. And um, that also has because he kind of has some controversial information. He did, in his history of Kolkata, he had a whole section of the film which happened to be an interview with his father. And his father was just stating the fact of certain kind of uh, revolutionary activity that happened in the 60s. And there's certain taboos about that in Indian Indian media and whatnot. And I saw, or he sent me that, like on the equivalent of Indian CNN, you know, they're like, Anurban Dada is being tried for treason uh. for creating binational films. <laughs> uh. So he his films are often kind of include interesting, provocative, or apparently provocative, not necessarily. It wasn't, it's mildly provocative from my opinion. Mm. 
but anyway, so the Shamans of the Streets, I guess, has some stuff. So it's been going through like editorial process, but it should be being published within this like, I think it's the this national Indian documentary archive thing. But that's one of the recent things that I've done. And mm. there was a, a film that he wanted to do that kind of got waylaid because of the whole COVID thing. Mm. Um, I'd like to play another one of your tracks from your album. It is just a name. I mean, I'd love to play them all. I just, it's just not, I don't think it's possible on this show. And also it's good to leave people wanting more as well. So uh, we will announce where people can get hold of this in the future, or maybe this is very exclusive um, for, for this the... is actually meant to be an exclusive one, at least exactly. for now. For the, don't help me. But uh, this is a nice preview of, and maybe I, it will inspire me to do something again Yeah. Um, with the recent material. Well, uh, track number three on the uh, album is uh, Intimate Vastness. And this is, I mean, they're all beautiful, but I really want to get into this one. So uh, you're listening to Radio 1 Berlin, interviewing the sound artist Michael Northam, currently uh, recovering in, in India, and, and uh, this track, Intimate vastness we're about to play now
You're listening to Radio On. That was Intimate Vastness from the album It Is Just a Name from Michael Northam. And if you've just joined us, we're doing a, a direct link from Berlin to southern, the southern western side of uh, India, where I, I believe it's a sunset or past sunset now, Michael. Dark now. Well, that was the perfect yeah. soundtrack. It's such a vast sort of landscape of sound. You know, I'm really drifting on it. Nice. I'm curious what people, how people respond to. I, I send it to a bunch of people who have no idea about what I do, actually. So Right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> What's your kind of feeling? Uh, with this one, it really feels like uh, kind of desert plains. And uh, first I was on a boat. You were describing someone outside that was a, there's a river by the side of you and uh, someone was drifting along on it. Or That was a feeling I got from this and being surrounded by all this kind of insects and everything else and then i was kind of on these on this kind of desert plain yeah i don't know time and space i i don't have a preconceived notion about it mm, it's sure i still i still work under the idea that i've had since a long time since the 90s i think i would write about it this idea of instead of being a composer to be a composter <laughs> so i'm taking sound and making it into like compost and then that's just being shoveled into your brain and you're, <laughs> you're the listener is, you know, doing whatever they do with it. Mm. I mean, to be honest, I get really exhausted by like clever sound art composers that have all neat little compositional tricks. And, you know, I kind of more and more kind of into this kind of genre that's similar to maybe a little bit like the minimalist i'm probably a little bit of a inheriting that because i spent so much time in the desert in the wood driving i like driving across big open spaces so uh your website is orogenetics.com can you say something about that the orogeny is like basically a time period like when mountains are or formations geologic formations are making i had found like a dictionary about geographic geological terms and i was in a period of time there in the 90s like everything i all my sound stuff was all using technical terms from geology and and i wanted to make some kind of label or some kind of idea about what i was doing and i tried to remember the word orogeny but i got it off i got it wrong and i I said, "Oh yeah, orogenetics," oh. and then I realized that that's that, that's not a real word. It doesn't exist. Mm. It's, it's taking the word genetics and this oral orogeny, mm. and kind of creating. There is a word orogenetic, or no, orogenic, but not genetic. And so, anyway, so then I just left the mistake, and I kind of had this idea of like the secret life of mountains. You know, the kind of living quality of <laughs> yeah. And then the epicness of what I was really interested in is like kind of large time frames. And so I just thought I would go with it. And I've gone with it ever since. Like it was like since 1994 or something. Mm -hmm. And briefly, there were other people kind of using the name or, you know, when I worked with John Grisnick or Seth Neho or whatever. And I think that they, we had in Austin, Texas kind of adopted that briefly. But then it just carried on with it. But I called my website that, which is not very good marketing plan, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> because it's an obscure, 
esoteric name that nobody <laughs> really gets. I'm kind of at odds with this whole. I I talk to some friends in the U.S. and they're just everybody's kind of all into this marketing thinking. You know, oh, you have to market yourself. You have to sell. You know, you have to put your you know, you have to get people to know who you're in. I've never ever since I've done this kind of thing, I've this kind of the antithesis of what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Like I've always felt it's this kind of hermetic process. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody's into it, maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to do this recent thing because I hadn't done it for a while and I had been teaching here and kind of dumbing down what I am into into a language that is more generic and in this recovery period, I just thought, well, it's really good to hold on to my original eccentric views of reality and create with new technology from, the, you know, like basically I'm trying to work in the same kind of way that I worked 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. now I can do this in the jungle on an iPad Amazing. or something like that. I don't have to have all this different equipment and, and people talk down about software synths and all this fetishizing hardware. But, you know, I think it's a socioeconomic question. I think that when you have enough money and you're fixed in a house and you want to collect a bunch of gear and, you know, that's great. It's it's fun. But like I've said, I've been living in places where people have grown up with no equipment. And Mm. so my own personal compromise is to work. I've been trying to work with iPads or whatever, uh, which initially, you know, I I was stuck for a while in India with just a phone, like an iPhone. And Mm. I learned that I could start creating some interesting sounds just fiddling around with apps but now that's it's quite intense like you um i even just downloaded uh this id 700 it's it's the 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 brain of the bukala 700 Ah. synthesizer oh yes yeah you know i think i just sent you that bamboo nesting yes that was just yesterday using the field recording of exactly the place where i'm at using this bukala synthesizer we can play this track now, actually, if that's fine with you. Um, and this is yeah, really fra- fresh out of the oven, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a generative thing. So I just had it basically going by itself with a field recording from early morning, like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, hmm. just here on the patio. Hmm. And for those who've just joined us, Michael, you're on the uh, western side of India. Sri Lanka is, the top of Sri Lanka is where I'm at. And that's your recording studio there. <laughs> yeah. But that's the beauty of this kind of portable equipment is the recording studio can be anywhere. Mm. When we worked on the sound design for the uh, documentary film here in India, we just worked in Goa in just a kind of random apartment in a village, in a fishing village. Mm. And uh, for me, it's like that's a kind of fun thing is to be the nomadic sound designer. Mm, great. Um, but as I say, it would be really fun if there were people out there that wanted nomadic sound design, but uh, one never knows. Yes. (laughs) So, bamboo nesting. Here we go.
You're listening to Radio One Berlin, and uh, our guest today is Michael Northam, and uh, that was uh, his latest track. I, th I think it was actually just finished this morning, uh, Bamboo Nesting. Michael, thanks again for joining us today. I think we're actually stopping yeah, sure. stopping you from uh, having your dinner, which was delivered to you in the jungle there. There was a little bit of a miscommunication. So it was just one fried banana, Ow. a couple carrots, and some chips. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh. <That's> okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, and greetings from a little bit of kind of a backwaters nowhere. Backwaters nowhere. It's incredible that uh, you're there um, and you're convalescing uh, from your operation and you're still creating and uh, and you were saying it's a kind of time in between no literally like I have no place to live anywhere in the world so I don't have any place to return to mm. and I have no place that I'm coming from mm. <laughs> and so I have <laughs> seriously like uh you know doubts about returning to the u.s and nowhere to go to in europe and nothing really exactly happening for me here and so it's it's more than in between at the moment mm. so i have to create something again from nothing which i've done several times before but it's after this recent hospitalization it's a little bit exhausting at this point mm. so that's the scoop there <laughs> and uh How can we find out about your work, Michael, or how can we contact you? Well, through, I guess, all these social media ways um, and or email, which is just my last name dot first name at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, great to hear from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for having me on. And, uh, It's a total cool. pleasure. We're so lucky. Radio One is so lucky to, uh, to have this connection. And uh, I wanted to play us out with uh, or one of the seven tracks on your album. It is just a name by Michael Northam here. And uh, it's called Changeling Methang OK Piri Temple, which is a curious name. <laughs> the place where it was recorded partially. So. <laughs> okay thank you very much michael and uh this will be going out as a podcast on all major platforms as they say and uh visit us on www.radio on berlin and uh wherever you are wherever you are in the world have a good vibration and thank you for listening of course so we'll just play out with track number seven from Michael Northam's album it is just a name thank you very much okay. Michael for joining us today and uh, and we'll yep. be in contact soon definitely all the best
So you have been listening to Radio On Berlin with our guest Michael Northam, who's currently in the hot, humid backwaters of Kerala in India. This will be going out as a podcast on all major platforms, so uh, contact us. Find out about Radio On through uh, our website, www.radioonberlin.com. Thank you very much for listening. Good day. You have been listening to Radio On Berlin. Yeah. <laughs>